Are you someone who doesn't take life too seriously? Do you sometimes find that a shot of whiskey isn't only deserved, but needed? If you said yes to either of those, welcome to the Whiskey and Lace podcast, where we have honest chats with everyday people, shit shows and all. I'm your host, Erica Altus, and I'm here to empower you to be the best version of yourself and perhaps share in a shot of whiskey. Now pour yourself a glass of wine and let's go. Oh my God, that's how you're going to start this, huh? Everybody, let's welcome Mark motherfucking Altus back to the podcast. Hi, honey. Hey, babe. You guys, while we're recording this, we are on our reset. And we were just saying before we pressed record, God, it'd be so nice to have like a glass of wine or whiskey in hand while doing this. Yeah. We're doing so good. We're doing great. Yeah, like over two weeks. Yeah, we're there. We're there. We're almost there. Halfway there. Halfway. Halfway. I will tell you, since we're going to be on the topic of parenting tonight, um, not having a glass of wine in hand at like five o'clock, it's a whole nother level of patience that you have to have as a parent right um yeah well you don't know you're not the one making dinner erica i'm sitting here helping you make dinner and do stuff and i'm trying to work <laughs> and you're like mom come get the kids deal with the kids <laughs> the worst is when you're like all the way across the house and mark and i'm like we don't have that big of a and I'm house like, what is she seriously yelling at me right now? Like I'm, I'm three rooms away, and she just <laughs> expects me to drop everything and just be there. As you should. No, Erica, <laughs> it's rude. <laughs> okay. Moving along. Well, so tonight's, you know, we're going to be talking about this episode. We're going to be talking about parenting. I get so many questions regarding parenting, about the choices we've made as parents, um, how we got to those choices, why we did that. And so I figured we could probably cover this subject all in one episode. So let's start with like, how would you describe me as a parent to our two children? Austin, by the way, is almost nine and Charlotte is five. How would you describe me as a parent? I would say 90% of the time, you're right on. You've handled things very well. There's probably 10% of the time where like <laughs> Austin just knows exactly how to push your buttons and you play so hard into what is going on. And I'm just like, Oh my God, stop. This is, this is how you describe me as a parent. Yeah. 90%. You're like freaking right on. Good. Great parent. Okay. 10% probably like, just stop arguing with the eight-year-old. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. But but let's like now I'm gonna I'm gonna describe you as a parent. Okay. Describe Mark me. gives our kids anything they want whenever they want. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> that is such bullshit. He gives in all the time. They'll come home, they'll have like chocolate milk from Starbucks or like what? <laughs> Erica, you are lying right now. <laughs> not lying. You really do like let like okay, Austin will come home with a huge root beer. Erica, I do not get the kids chocolate milk from Starbucks. <laughs> was the first thing I thought of as like a drink treat. I like, don't think I've ever got them chocolate milk from Starbucks. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that, but you did. Like the last time you took Austin on the road with you, you got him a big old. Well, yeah, uh, Erica, we're in the car for like three hours. <laughs> so so I don't care. I'm, like, I'm okay no, with it. Mark's that. a really good dad. He, him and, so it's interesting because I would say him and Charlotte butt heads. Like Charlotte. Austin and I butt heads. Yeah, Charlotte. Maybe it's like a male-female thing. <laughs> Austin's a lot like me. Like him and I, I don't know how to describe it other than like we both have zero patience. And so like we just like we're more combative with one another. But then like when he needs like his mom to help him through like something emotional, you're just like, you got this. You're fine. And I'm like, okay, let's talk through it for the 900th time, right? And Charlotte, Charlotte just comes up to you, and you kind of have a soft spot for her, but she really does push her buttons. Dude, Charlotte is not an easy one. What? She's not. Isn't it interesting, you guys, how, like, I find she's much easier than Austin, and he finds well, Austin much easier. Well, I mean, yeah, she's, she's an easy kid for the most part. When Charlotte wants to be a pill, Charlotte is, like, the biggest pill. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, on a positive note, like, 
our kids are really, really, really good kids. Like what's great. And when I, you know, I don't want to like pat ourselves on the back or anything, but one sign I think of you as a parent doing it right is when your kids go to like someone else's house or they're in someone else's care and they're like, they were so great. They talked to me. They listened. Like, I'll take that any day of the week. But then the second they get home, they're like, they just <laughs> on, game they just on. Unleash hell on us. Totally. Ugh. They save it for us. Uh. Yeah, it's real weird. Um, let's describe our parenting style. Like, what would you say our style of parenting is as a team? I don't know. What do, what do we, what like, styles parenting? I, are we like really strict or are we like? We're kind of strict. We're pretty strict. Yeah. Like we really enforce, you know, chores and we expect, we have probably too hard of expectations at times, especially maybe for like age appropriate expectations, but they finally get it. Yeah. We're not perfect. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that we come out this like the positive parenting sort of thing, you know, like the, like these like new things that have come out where it's like all these dealing with things in a very positive way and well, we Same try to be home. positive. You don't want to be negative all no, the time. But, but like gentle parenting is what I meant. Gentle parenting. At some point in time, you have to like lay the law down and like it is what it is. Like yeah. sorry. Yeah. We we I try to describe it as like we're a team and we help each other out and we need to be there for one another. We need to hold up our end of, you know, the team and help each other out when the other person needs it. It doesn't go like that smoothly, but we do like we have expectations for the kids. You know, Charlotte's now unloading the dishwasher. Austin picks up the dog poop and takes out the trash. Like we do have chores and we do pay them every once in a while. I will say we aren't consistent about being like, yeah, but that's their fault. Like, but also they should just be expected to do it. Responsibility wise, like be responsible for getting paid. <laughs> oh my <God>. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm bad. We need to like be more regular. But about- do we, because this is an interesting topic because I didn't get paid growing up having chores. I mean, my parents took care of like getting me things and like paying for my sports and stuff like that, but I didn't get a weekly allowance. Did you? No, not really. No, I just had to do stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's incentive. That's, that's what you're. But neither one of our kids are very money driven. Oh wait. Yes, they are. Because Mark will like always tell them every single night, Hey, I'll give you like five bucks. If you give me a massage. (laughs) (laughs) They use a gun and the massage the gun. The massage gun. Yeah. yeah. But still, like, do you ever pay them for that? Yeah. I pay them <laughs> once in a while. What do you think your greatest challenge as a parent has been? Like, what's one of our greatest challenges or your greatest challenge? Um, I don't know. You go first. I got to think about that. See, I asked if you wanted me to ask you the questions before and you said, no, let's wing it. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> well, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The greatest challenge as parents i mean i think every parent i don't know if it's maybe just moms you can tell me if it's both but there are nights when i lay down and i'm like man i was not a good fucking mom today in the sense that like i lost my patience and i felt like i was failing i didn't handle every situation perfectly we're not perfect honey so you can't like hold you don't lose sleep because the second your head hits the goddamn pillow you're out but no but i'll think about like for sure like oh man i should have probably handled that like this way rather than this way yeah you know i will say something that we're that we're pretty good at is i really strive as a parent when i lose my patience to come back to the kids and say, you know what, I'm really sorry. Mom lost her patience today. And I never use the word after I say that. I never say, but. I'm not like, but you did this. I just say, mom really lost her patience. Will you forgive me? And every single time they say, yeah, mommy, I will. Like they're so, kids are like innately forgiving, you know? Well, yeah, because we're their parents. Right, but also like you you teach forgiveness, you know? Yes, they definitely understand that they need to forgive in certain instances. And I think that they're learning from us how to apologize when we make mistakes because we do make mistakes and it teaches them how to handle situations when they've made a mistake. Otherwise, they never learn how to apologize. And we know firsthand that learning how to apologize is a big thing that you need to learn from your parents. It's a very hard thing to do. It's very hard, but it's one of the best character traits, you know, like your ego is not your amigo. No. Being able to apologize when you're wrong is a very, very good trait. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
back to the challenge question. Obviously, it's like the day-to-day challenges are tough, but I always just worry, like, am I going to fuck them up? Like, are they going to, like, grow up and not be contributors to society? Like, obviously, that's, like, my fear, but I try not to go there. I try to lead by example. Yeah. I think my biggest challenge is probably um, sometimes, well, sometimes you give me shit for it because you're like, you need to stop working and you need to come hang out with the kids. So my greatest challenge is, like, knowing when to cut it off and knowing like okay it's family time da, 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 I, I need to do just be 100 percent here and not 50 percent, you know with my family and then if i'm on my phone or something's happening like just when i'm parenting i'm parenting 100 percent, and when i'm working i'm working 100 percent. yeah it's, it's hard it's balance is hard to do yeah that's not easy well, especially with the way that we work both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Honest. It's not like we're going to a nine to five job. Like we're like when we get to leave work, you know, we don't have to think about it anymore. I mean, we're always working. We're not always working. We could always be working. Yeah. I mean, but there's instances where like I'm a phone call comes in and it's. Oh my God, you guys. And when Mark's phone rings, it is so annoying because he's had the same ringtone. I will wait. I will wait. For you. Which is the perfect <laughs> ringtone, but it's also so fucking annoying because we have to wait for Mark and his phone always rings when we're trying to get out of the house. Like it's, it's like Murphy's, is it Murphy's law? Is that what those is? Like we're leaving out the door and that stupid ass song. Most of the time it's like, we're literally like, I sit down in the seat of the car and my phone will ring and, and we're like pulling out the driveway. And then you guys get super mad because everybody has to be quiet and I'm talking on the phone. <laughs> yep. It's like without fail. All right. So let's talk about maybe one of our proudest moments as parents then. Like, what are we proud of? Do you want me to go first again? No, I think I, I'm, I'm proud of, I can see how our kids can communicate with older people and individuals and I, you know, me coming from being the youngest of eight and understanding that, you know, when you're younger and you're put into a situation where you're amongst a lot of older people, it can be very intimidating. And I'm proud that our kids, for the most part, can communicate pretty well with older individuals. And Charlotte, like, prefers it. She, like, sits in everybody's lap. And they look people in the eyes when they talk to them and they can hold a conversation and I'm proud. I'm, I'm really proud of that. How did we teach that? I don't even like know what we did. Cause when someone comes in the door, you say, say hi. Yeah. Like go and, up to and, them and look them in the eye yeah. and, and, and we turn off screens. And, like do, and don't have, over. yeah. And don't have their face buried in a screen and nothing else matters. It's like, yeah. no, get, get that thing out. Shaking of here. their hand, you know, yeah. like trying to, trying to teach them those things. Charlotte, Charlotte can be shy. I mean, she's five. So there's sometimes, when I'm like around someone new, like, and they're asking her a question, she's not always readily yeah, but available. Give but Charlotte like five minutes and she's going to be your best friend. Totally. Like it just takes her a second to warm up. So I always tell people like, if you ignore her, she's going to start to come around, you know, yeah. but, and that's to, you know, and I, and I do want my kids to have boundaries and if they don't feel comfortable talking to somebody, that's also important to teach too. For you know, sure. Be respectful, but at the same time, like I'm not going to force them to hug somebody or do something that they don't feel comfortable with either. So uh, you're looking at your watch. Do you have to be somewhere? No. Oh, okay. I was just wondering what time it was. <laughs> Are you over it? No. Okay, because we're only like a third of the way in. Okay. Okay. Um, I would say one of my proudest moments. I have so many proud moments, but they're individually proud moment. One of them actually happened like where I like cried after it happened. Well, two times <laughs> with Austin specifically. And maybe no, it's because. No way. Erica cried. Oh, shut up. So you answer this question in like a general stance of like why you're proud. But I was thinking more of like what was the moment where I was like, oh, mom win. Like that was awesome. And one of them happened recently when we were in Tahoe and we were at Spoon. And we asked the kids what they liked about the person next to them and like to the right of them or something or left of them. And Austin had me. And I love that he said that he really likes to see that I give back to a lot of people that like I like to help people that are in need. And I, it really hit me that like, whoa, he's totally watching and taking that in. And he really likes that. And he he admires that about me. So I was like, oh, proud mom moment, you know? And then the other proud moment that I had with him was when he 
we were, which we'll get to the school part in a little bit, but we were going to be testing out this new homeschool pod. And before we made a decision, the teacher that helps with that group asked if Austin wanted to come by himself to the group before we made a decision. And I was like, oh gosh, this is a long shot. I don't know if he's going to do this. And I went and he was only supposed to go from like nine to one, even though this, you know, the little pod went from eight to two and he was really nervous about going. Like he did not want to go up and do it. And I was like, buddy, this is like your time to be brave. You can totally do it. And he was, you know, even though like I could tell he was really nervous about it. And he went up there and I got a text message from the teacher and she was like, he wants to stay till two. Is that okay? And I was like, yes. You know, like, oh my gosh, he really likes it. And then when I went and picked him up, I'm like, what'd you think? He's like, I want to do this pod. And I was like, oh my God, buddy. Like, I was just so proud that he was so brave because he knew nobody. And he was going into a really intimate, you know, little pod. And it was just, it was like, I totally cried and I brought him to ice cream. I'm like, good job. You know? So <laughs> I was proud that we, that in that moment as a mom, I encouraged him to do something scary and he did it. Right. You know? So anyways, um, speaking of, well, before we get to school, a lot of people ask about, um, cussing in front of our children. <laughs> Erica, I think you need to answer that one. You cuss too. Not like you. I don't like cuss at our children. No, you don't cuss at our children, like, but, yeah, I'm not but like, it, that flows freely from <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> There's not much holding back. I know, but like, you know, what's really interesting and people will ask like, so do your kids like cuss a lot? Like, do you, do they do it? And the answer no. is never. I never hear them say any cuss words. They like know. And I've always described it as you're not old enough to use those words because you don't know how to use them in context or respectfully. Like they're a mom word or like they're an adult word until you know how to do it. You're not allowed to do it. And they kind of just know that. Yeah. So makes sense. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a fucking deal. I think people are so like up in arms about it. And it's like, you know what? I just think that if your kids are being raised as good humans, but if they stub their toe and they go, fuck, oh, well. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt. You know, like, yeah, that I would have said the same thing. I don't know. And, and our kids don't even do that, but they will get to the point. And as long as they're not cussing at somebody or using it in a way that is disrespectful, I don't. Like, it's funny now hanging out with, like, our, our nephews. Yeah. Who are older. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like our three nephews, the Simpson boys. And when, like when they cuss. Like, yeah, it kind of takes you back for a second. You're like, whoa. Yeah, you're, like, you're like, whoa. And then you're like, oh, yeah, you're 23. Never mind. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but they've been taught by their parents who also cuss how to use it in the right context. So right. you almost have to like teach it, you know? Like, I don't yeah, know. Because they were the same way. I mean, I never heard them use foul language at a young age. No. And I'm sure and they like, know let's, not to do let's it at, like, be completely honest. I mean, their kids, when they're around each other, they probably are cussing. Their kids? Well, yeah, they're older. No, I'm just saying when kids get older. Like, when our kids get to teenage years. Yeah, they're going to do it. They're going to cuss around their friends. Yeah. It's just going to, that's Totally. Yeah. Oh, but let's talk about a funny story that um, one day I was driving up and picking up Austin from his homeschool pod. And <laughs> I'm driving and I see him giving one of the kids a double middle finger. <laughs> and I, that was one of my like, you know, heart sinking moments. Like, what the hell? And he didn't know that I saw him. And he, I mean, he was giving the most aggressive <laughs> double middle finger to one of his best buddies. Like it's his best buddy. And so he gets in the car and I was like, dude, did you just give your buddy the double middle finger? And he like, leaned back in the seat like wait you saw that I'm all, do you even know what that means and he's like the f word <laughs> didn't know what to do so I called my friend Leanna and I'm like you know after we got home I'm like what do I do she's like well you know and and Austin was like he took my hat that's why I did it I'm like okay and my friend Leanna gave such good mom advice she's like well, he didn't punch him. Like it was like a, at least because Austin's quick to sometimes having anger and we've been working through that. <laughs> and so she's like, at least that's like a step in the right direction. I'm like, that's true. So the way I handled that as a parent was like, it's completely inappropriate. 
It is not okay. It is very offensive. Don't ever you're, do it you're again. You're not old enough. You're not old enough to understand it. You clearly didn't understand it because it, it doesn't mean the F word. You know, I was going to tell him it was. Just give him the, the you're d- a winner. You're a winner. Double thumbs up is better. And so he understood and he had to call his friend and apologize. And then he was really worried that his mom was going to find out. And I'm like, the mom's going to know, you know? <laughs> so like, sorry, buddy. Like, that's what happens, you know? But we moved past it and his friend was like, it's okay, you know? But um, he didn't care. No, but still, like, that was one of the moments where it's just like, fuck, I failed as a parent. <laughs> and what's weird is that, like, I don't, I, I cuss, but I don't flip people off. So I don't know where he that. He probably got it from the other kids. Yeah. Or like, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? He watches Top Gun. Didn't they give him the bird in Top Gun? Like, he could have gotten so. it from yeah. there, too. Oh, like, that is when they were watching Top Gun. Yeah, he was, like, really into Top Gun. So, you know, and it's, kids are going to be kids. And so you got to just move past it, right? Like, he's that's not, like. A sign that he's not going to be able to contribute to society in a positive way. But. Uh-huh. Hey, whiskeys, it's your girl, Erica Altus, and I've got the inside scoop on something that'll make your wine loving heart skip a beat. Drum roll, please. It's the Whiskey and Lace Wine Club, the brainchild of yours truly in partnership with your wine store. Now, I may have grown up surrounded by the vineyard charm of Sonoma County, but let me tell you, the wine club game was missing a dash of pizzazz. So I took matters into my own hands and created the Whiskey and Lace Wine Club. Imagine this a selection of top-rated wines handpicked just for you, straight from the lush vineyards of California, Oregon, and beyond. My goal? To make you feel like you've got a wine expert BFF guiding you through the vineyard wonders. Whether you're a seasoned sipper or just starting your grape adventure, the Whiskey and Lace Wine Club is where the magic happens. And here's the cherry on top. Four shipments a year, access to over 40 wineries and a whopping 200 wines, not to mention a delightful 20% off all wine, all day, every day. Ready to dive deep into this wine wonderland with me? Hop over to yourwinestore.com slash whiskey and lace, become a whiskey and lace wine club member, and let's turn every sip into a memory. Cheers. And so let's move on to um, school. Everybody wants to know what we do as far as school. And I've always remained pretty private when it comes to this aspect because it comes with a lot of opinions and scrutiny do you want to like start on how we got to where we're at or well i mean it was we pretty much like during covid like kind of just morphed into the pod yeah because we both were working still um well and austin was going to the french american charter school which is a local charter school here in santa rosa and we loved it it was really hard for him he was in tk in 2019 and then 2020 you know halfway through the year COVID hit and they were like, okay, we're going online. I'm like, I'm not doing French online. (laughs) There's no way. Cause you need to be fully immersed in that program in order for it to work. And so him being in TK, I just knew that it wasn't, that wasn't. I felt like he was already like, kind of like a little bit frustrated just being there, you know, cause it was fully immersed. So yeah, they spoke to them in French. I mean, doing that, doing that, doing that on a zoom with TK kid who's just not, gonna work no and so we i just decided i don't know sometimes when things happen in life like i'll either get like really scared and like hide or i'm just like grab the bulls by the fucking horns and like let's just figure this out and that's kind of what i did i just i had a village of moms who had kids around the same age or other moms that we knew that knew other moms that had kids around their austin's age and i was like why don't we form a pod and hire a teacher um, and we got like a group, I don't know how many kids there were at the beginning, like 10. And I, think so. I just put out like a, a story saying like, is there any, you know, teachers that are interested in something like this? And again, we kept it really private because we know that not everybody had that capability of doing something like that. And so we understand that it's comes from a very privileged place and it's, and it's honestly like not really anybody's business and everybody was just trying to figure things out. Right. Like during that time, nobody Everybody was just like trying to stay like afloat, you know, in that storm. It was just a means to what we were going through. Yeah. And they were TK in kindergarten. Like it was like they really technically in the state of California, you don't have to do TK or kindergarten even. You can, you just have to start first grade by the time you're six. So it wasn't, it was like a glorified daycare basically, but we kind of all came together. They were learning though. Yeah, they were learning. That was a great year. And so COVID really challenged my and our viewpoint on school because we noticed that Austin really thrived in that kind of setting. Yeah. 
So, I mean, there was a lot of other factors that we don't really have to talk about. No. But. Yeah. There's other things that just are, you know, that we're going to hold close to our hearts just so that we don't have to, you know, hear it. But um, with him, we just started realizing, oh, actually, like this could kind of like work with our lifestyle too, because we like to travel. And I kind of liked the idea of having a different type of learning for our kids. And Austin isn't one that just wants to sit and, a desk and do the standard way of learning. So then fast forward and we're like, okay, my friend has a farm. Like, why don't we build a schoolhouse and start our own little farm school and have a teacher? So we did that. And I was like, I never thought I'd have school administrator on my resume. (laughs) It was a lot of work. I give anybody in that profession a lot of credit. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of work. It's a lot. You know, you manage teachers and parents, and granted, there was only seven students, but yeah, but still, it's a it's a lot harder than you think, and it's a lot more parent involvement as far as field trips and volunteering and helping in the classroom and that sort of thing. So, we've been blessed with that. And then recently, we decided to part ways with that, and we found another homeschool pod that is much closer to our home, and the kids just started that. And again. For the sake of privacy, we're not going to say where it is or, you know, what it's totally like. The but avenue. I don't think we need to go there. No. But yeah, it's just... um. We don't mean to gatekeep you guys. Like, I just hope you can respect our privacy because... There's no gatekeeping. There's no That's gatekeeping. Like, it's just... Our kids. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's keeping our kids safe. I'm not going to be like, this is where they it's go. It's just another homeschool. It's just another homeschool program where we hire a teacher and collectively as a group we pay that teacher. So it like makes sense. And it is legal to do this in California to hire a private teacher to teach your children. But again, it's more parent involvement and it's a much different setting than what you see in a normal public school classroom or private school classroom. Yeah. It's a much more hands-on kid-led learning. And that has seemed to work really, really well with specifically and I, and I think what's most important going back to like the way that Austin seems to really good and thrive is he really likes to be outdoors and like hands-on stuff mm-hmm. um, rather than sitting in a classroom. So that's what this homeschool situation really enables that. And it's all about yeah that kind of being, being outside. Yeah. And like I'll never forget we were sitting at the table and this is when he was in a homeschool little setting in that little farmhouse school. It's like, mom, I am not meant to sit at a desk with a pen and a paper. I am meant to be out in the world traveling and exploring it. I'm like, oh, well, come back down to earth, buddy. Because <laughs> wouldn't we all love to travel the okay, world? Okay, Clark. <laughs> okay. So, you know, but but I listen to that because that is, you that's know. That's who he is. who he is. But also, like, for anybody that's thinking, oh, well, I love this idea of doing this. One of the things is, is that... You know, you have to let your ego go. Mark and I have always, we're taking it year by year. And one of the things that we always kind of think about is, you know, he isn't in a big, both of them are no longer in big classroom settings. No. They're not in normal school settings. They don't have big groups of friends, but they are very well socialized. Yeah. Like our kids will go and play with kids easily at the park. Like Charlotte is like makes friends with everybody. So I think that's always a thing that people assume is like oh what about the socialization and it's like they're very well socialized they have like 27 cousins and that's not a problem we're always doing something yeah we're always around other people and i don't feel like they're missing out now like when they get into their older middle school high school you know with sports and things like that again we've thought about it but like i'm just taking it year by year before we like go down that road would you say that you've been happy with the decisions we made around this yeah, I think they're, I mean, they're both thriving pretty well, I feel like. Yeah. And it's just one of those things as far as our beliefs and kind of what we think. I, I think it's absolutely the best avenue we could go down. Yeah. And they know no different, which is kind of nice too. You know, like, I mean, I think, they know, I think they know different. I mean, they have cousins that are going to other schools. They know that there's a different situation. Yeah. But it's like Austin, you can tell that Austin likes this avenue yeah. of learning. Yeah. For sure. Totally. For sure. And what's nice is that it is really flexible so we can still travel and the teacher and parents work very, very hand in hand where, 
She'd be like, okay, you're going to Seattle. Well, here's some activities you can do Seattle and here's journal. And we learn while we travel, which is just incredible, you know, but it does require a lot more parent involvement when you do, when you do it this way. But we feel that they've been thriving. I mean, if you really have any questions about this, um, I won't obviously tell you exactly where we are again, for safety reasons, but I'm happy to like just share some resources. There's Facebook groups for homeschool programs. There's a lot of co-ops that are kind of popping up locally here that a lot of people are starting to go to. And, you know, there's no judgment here on what you decide to do as a parent. I mean, I have no qualms with public schools and private schools, and I see kids that are thriving in them. And I see kids that don't thrive in homeschool settings and don't thrive in other settings. So you have to do what's best for your child and just always listen to them. And knowing that Austin is the kid that he is and Charlotte is the little girl that she is, this works for them. So that's kind of how we got to the school thing. Totally. All right. Then that kind of leads us into social media. I get asked all the time because about a year ago, you and I decided, you know what? I think we need to really think I think about. it was more you like you thought about it deeper I mean I'm you know obviously that's that's your uh platform so me being on social media I don't, it's not like I have this crazy following so it's not like as big of a deal for you I think that's where you started really thinking about it whether or not it made sense to to have them on actively yeah um there was like a time uh, when we were out and about, it started just kind of getting a little weird for me because I'm typically the one running errands with the kids and doing things with the kids in public. And it started to become a little weird when people would recognize like, oh my God, Charlotte. And it was like, whoa, like, I don't know this person. And Charlotte doesn't know this person. And that just kind of didn't, it didn't feel good to me. Even if the person was so kind and had no bad intention, it just as a mom, like something in me was like, I don't like this. I don't like that my kids are getting recognized in public like this. And there was one really, remember that incident that happened in Windsor? Yeah. I think you just want to be broad. Yeah. General. It just was like, there was like kind of a weird incident that happened in Windsor where somebody said something that just was very off-putting about one of my kids. And I was like, okay. So, and also I don't ever want my kids to grow up and look back and be like, I had no idea what you were putting me through. I had no idea what social media was when I was two, three, four, five, six, you know, whatever. And I feel completely exploited. Yeah. I don't think the risk is worth the reward. I never want them to look back and be bummed on my choice to. Well, I don't think there's any, it's not like there's any risk as far as like. Well, them being mad at me. Yeah. Well, yeah. And resenting me for it. No, but you're like saying reward. There's like a risk reward. It's like the, well, the you're reward not, could be that they could they could arguably be like I could be taking jobs with them involved in it, them making money, and there's a lot of people doing that. And yeah, there I just did not feel right about it without them really truly understanding. Yeah, totally. It makes sense that 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 is their choice, and it shouldn't be ours. Just putting them in that arena. Yeah, I feel like they have the right to privacy. And they don't know enough to be able to say, like, give me their consent on it. I just don't think that it's fair. And I think there's a lot of creeps out there. And I think with, like, AI and what's happening in that realm, I just, I don't know. I think it's our job as parents to protect them. And and I follow my mommy gut. And I just, you know who actually really inspired me? Mark, you're not going to really know who this is. But um, Amber Fillerup Clark, she's a, she's barefoot blonde on Instagram. She actually was the one that really got me thinking about it because she stopped showing her kids. And I've DM'd her a couple times and I just, she, she shared some really good insight on like, I think you're making the right decision if you don't do this, you know? And I, and I admired her for it instead of being like, oh, that's weird. I really was like, I think, I think that that's the right decision to make. And honestly, as hard as it is not to show our kids because, like they're funny and they're great. They're so they're funny. Awesome. Um, I am actually really glad that we're not, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it goes back to just them as individuals being the age they are. They, they don't obviously 
they're not going to consent, right? No. They they don't know that. Any they have the right so, to their privacy. So, so we shouldn't push that upon them. No. Just like when I'm like not not on board, I'll be like, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah, totally. totally. They know? just don't know what it is. And and again, like just thinking 20 years from now or 10 years from now, I never want them to be like, I didn't like that kind of attention. I didn't like when I would go places and people would like know me before you, you know, like that just doesn't, I don't want to put them through that. It's not fair. We had the right to privacy growing up. And like, if we all look back, we can all agree that that was really awesome not having phones and not having that kind of attention in our faces. And I think that they deserve that too. A lot simpler time to live. True. But there is like, there's a lot of things out there that are pointing to kids, you know, with the internet and social media, like there's some gross ass shit going on. And I never want my kids to ever end up on like the deep dark web because there really is there. It's really a thing. And yeah. I, it's my job as their mom and your job. You made the right choice, honey. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But people will ask now too, what do you feel? I mean, we've talked about this quite a bit, but like kids in social media, like what are we going to do when they want it? And a phone and a smartphone, like what? Are, I mean, I kind of know what I want, but what do you want? Yeah. I don't think they need a phone when they're, Probably up until, I don't know, they can get a phone that can just literally text us or communicate with us directly. And that's all they need. They don't need, you know, and maybe a couple other friends that they can communicate with until, I don't know, what, probably high school? Well, so like there's this program, I've talked to you about it before. It's called Wait Till 8th. And if you're a parent, I highly suggest that you look into following this this account called Wait Till 8th. Um, it's basically a program that goes around to different schools and different churches and stuff, and they give seminars to parents and teachers and school administrators on having your child wait to have social media until the 8th grade and how much that benefits them to at least wait until then. And so it's just a great account to follow because they give a lot of statistics, they give a lot of information, and I've really gained a lot of um, knowledge from following that account I mean, I'm to the point where I don't care if I'm going to be the mean mom. I really don't give a shit. I see how nasty people are on the internet. I'm a, you know, very secure 40-year-old, almost 40-year-old woman, and people are mean to me, and it hurts. And I can't imagine at a vulnerable age of 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, when you're trying to figure out who you are, and having that pressure on top of you. I just think it is a recipe for insecurity. I think it's a recipe for bully. I think it's a recipe for depression and anxiety. And if I need to be the mean mom to say, nope, you're not going to. Yeah, I don't even I know. I don't if really care. It makes sense, I mean, to be honest. My personal take, and again, like, don't hold me to this, people, because like all of a sudden you're going to be like, He's 12 uh, and he has a phone. Know. Yeah. And, and, and I get it. Like, I am not there yet. You know, like, again, my one of my best friends, and I talk about this all the time because she's in it with, you know, kids entered high school and preteens, and I'm not there yet. And God only knows what it's going to be like by the time our kids get there. But I would love to say, until you are old enough and responsible enough to drive a car, you are not old enough and not responsible enough to own a phone. Well, they can have a phone. Yes, but smartphone. Again, yes. And social media. Yes, that's the difference. Like, they can get a phone. You're going to be able to communicate with me. Yeah, there's and, these things called a gab phone. Again, if you don't know what those are, great. Like, that's that's where my stepping stone will be. They have watches, and they have these phones where kids can only text and call certain people, and they can only receive texts and calls from certain people, and that is it. There's nothing else on it. And so, again, I think it's like G-A-B-B-I is the, is the brand name, but... um. Uh, that is where I would start. And again, we'll take it year by year, but it's also one more thing to fucking parent. Maybe they should start with a pager. Oh my God. <laughs> 143, <laughs> honey. 411. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Austin would really love that, actually. Like, oh, it's code. Know, I get to decipher code. Yeah, he'd probably really like that. <laughs> but I also think that the way that we are choosing to do school will. Wait, hold on. Do people still have pagers? I don't know. Do like doctors still have pagers? I don't know. It, now, why would they need a pager? in the comment section and tell you us just a, a phone now. Why the hell would you have a pager? I don't know. Let's find. We'll find out. Somebody leave us a comment in the comment section. And tell us if pagers still exist. But 
I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a hard topic because we're not in that stage yet, but I mean, kids as young as Austin are getting phones and they're on it. And I do worry about social media with like, especially with having a daughter, you know, um, actually I'm thinking of something that just came to my top of my head and I'm going to share it pink of all people. Uh, she was interviewed and she does not allow her kids to have smartphones. And she actually brought up a really solid like argument to her daughter who apparently is like very smart and will be like, she's like, she's gonna be a lawyer someday. Um, she told her daughter, you find me one article, one article that says there is something beneficial and positive, like scientific wise for a child before the age of like 18 to have a cell phone. And I will let you have a cell phone. And Pink's like, those articles don't exist. No. There's really not a lot of concrete information out there that says, this is a great idea. There's no evidence anywhere. No. It's not even concrete. Yeah. Like, find an article that says, yeah, give your kid a phone when he's 14. Yeah. No. No. There's not. So, like, that's an argument that I will plan to use with our kids. Like, find me something that says. And they won't realize. It's kind of like when my parents, like, made me wait a year to get my permit before everybody else did. Like I had to wait an extra year. I didn't know it then, but now I look back and I was an idiot. Like that was probably a really smart decision to make me wait an extra year. You were probably not a very good driver. I was great. <laughs> but you know, like you, you With never know. Purcell. And what's really interesting too is Kapoom. Mark, shut up. <laughs> Getting way off topic here. Sorry. What's really interesting too is when I interviewed Jerry and my nephew, Jerry, and my nephew, Isaac, who are both 16. I asked them the question because I don't know if that episode's ever going to air because the audio was terrible. Um, but I asked them the question, like, do you wish that you didn't have a cell phone? And both of them said yes. Like they yeah. wish that they didn't get it as young as they did and like weren't on it. And there are a lot of social pressures. I mean, granted, they enjoy it, but they like wish that there was like less of it. Yeah. I could see that. So that's interesting, like coming from a perspective of a 16-year-old. So, and again, this isn't, I mean, we aren't here to judge you as a parent on what you do or tell you what to do. We're trying to figure we're, it out. We're just, yeah, we are trying to map this out just as much as you are. And it's not easy. And I know that when we're going to get to a point where it's going to be a battle to say no, but I don't know. Too bad, so sad. I'm the mean mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can tell Mark's kind of getting tired. I don't know if we've touched on all the topics, but I feel like both of us should answer this question per child. What is your biggest hope for Austin? I feel like Austin is definitely going to be someone that wants to travel and like go out and, and not necessarily travel like cities or anything like that. Like that he loves history. And my biggest hope is that he steps into that and goes and explores everything that he can when he's younger because I didn't do that as far as, you know, traveling and stuff like that. That's my hope for him. Because you knew me. That's a good hope. Yeah, because we ran and know each other. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> you met me at a young age. Just we did not, not travel, though. Like, we did no, a lot. we traveled. Yeah. We didn't travel. Ton, no, I though. wish we would have done more of that. We kind of dived right into career. I would like we to dove really, really hard. I would like to encourage careers. more travel for him too. My hope is that the kid has so much fire within him, and it is something that is very, very difficult to parent in this moment. But God, my hope is that he learns, and I know he will, how to channel that into just being such an amazing, positive thing in this world, like just a big change in this world. And I hope that I'm me and you will continue to lead by example on just helping other people. And again, like while exploring the world, being there for his community and standing up for what he believes in. And I think he's on the path to do that. So, yeah. Totally. And so what do you hope for Miss Charlotte? Charlotte is probably going to be like a doctor or something. I don't know. But just, really? Yeah, I think so. Or a vet. Maybe like a veterinarian. I don't know. What's your hope? Mm -hmm. You hope she becomes one of those things? Or like that's just what's your first no, thing in the future? No. My hope is that... <laughs> okay, this is my hope. <laughs> I hope that she does not say what you said to your dad freshman year of high school. Oh, God. Because she is a pistol. 
and she wants to do everything herself right now. And it's great. She's so strong-willed, and I absolutely love it. It's going to serve her well. You know that, right? I know. She's going to freaking light the world on fire, honey. She's going to be awesome. I hate when people do this. Oh, just you wait. Or my dad, like, oh, you got a daughter just like Erica. So she's going to be awesome. I'm putting out the energy for her that I mean, you're pretty awesome. I I was awesome even as a teenager. My parents just didn't understand how to bury me. (laughs) Like That's what it comes down to. Like they didn't know how to relate to me, you know. And my my biggest hope in is that in her preteen and teen years, listen, I know all girls go through a moment when they like do not like their mom and their dad. Like they are independent and they don't want to share things. But I really, really, really hope that I can be a person that she can lean on and know I'm there without any judgment ever. I will never judge her. Or Austin, and my hope is that she will continue to come to me and use me as a guiding person in her life. And um, I don't think she's going to be a pain in the ass. I think she's great. I think she's really personable. She makes friends so easily everywhere she goes. I mean, Austin will even comment on it. We'll be at the park. Like, look, Charlotte made a friend again. (laughs) You know, like she's she loves to be around people. She loves to be around older girls. Like she just. She lights up a room when she walks in. And so my hope is that she just continues to be that light and she's going to push boundaries. They both are. And the funny thing is, is that I know, I know those tricks. <laughs> I've been that kid. So, you know, but I, I don't want to be the the mom that I didn't have to push, push boundaries. You had to do whatever boundaries. the fuck you wanted whenever you wanted. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, you were the lot, like you was the eighth kid. You could do whatever you wanted. But I was a good kid. Yeah. And that's how I feel like I want parenting moving forward, like overall general scope. Like you're a good kid. You get good grades. You act right. You will have so much more freedom than if you're just a jackass. I just want to always have open communication with them. You know, like I want them to know that I'm here and they can talk to me about things that are going on. I always tell Austin specifically, like, especially being a boy, like before he goes to bed at night, like you can always tell me whatever you need to tell me, like, and I will not judge you. And I'm here for you. Like, please lean on me. Like, don't hold it in. And I hope he continues to do that. And granted, again, I'm sure people with teenagers are like, okay, (laughs) good luck with that. But it is a hope. And, um, who knows? Well, you know, maybe podcast 15 years down the road, not even 15. Oh my God. For what? Like, we'll we'll podcast in their teenage years and let you know how it's going. I'm 15 years from now. It's literally, like, six. Austin's only teenage. Austin's, like, four. <laughs> I can't. Math Jesus. is hard. <laughs> Erica. Oh, my God. Five, six, ten. Up. Oh, my God. Well, on that note, I will say that I am very, very lucky to have you as my partner in parenting. It is not easy. We don't always see eye to eye. We're learning right now to um, handle our disagreements in parenting behind closed doors and not in front of our children. (laughs) It's hard because we're very honest with one another, but then like, I'm like, you can't disagree with me in front of the kids. Like then, then they'll divide us, you know, (laughs) like they're not, they're not dumb. So like we're working on talking about how we want to handle things. With- I, I have a question for you. Oh, great. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say I could work on as a parent? Oh. Hmm. You're throwing me for like, like this is like out from left field. I, well, what, what, you could, got. what could you work on as a parent? Oh, um, being more sensitive to when they are emotionally breaking down. Like when Charlotte's having a meltdown, you are so frustrated with her. And sometimes like I'll win with her going, do you just need a hug, honey? And she'll melt. And it's like, yes, you know, and you're, it's the last thing you want to do because she's driving you crazy. Even Austin, it's just like, let's find the, like the calm, like not calm, but like the, the sensitive side on this, you know, rather than like you, your family has always, your family has always been tough as nails like we'll get through it and it's like sometimes like it's not a matter of getting through it it's just a matter of feeling heard and sometimes our kids just want to feel heard even if you have a solution to offer up don't give it right away like let them feel what they're feeling in that moment 
So that would be my biggest parent advice. I'm scared to ask That's the same one. question. What? You don't have no, to. No, I will. Okay, what can I work on as a parent? I can't not. Everyone's going to be like, you're lame. I'm just going to say tone. Okay. Tone. Just. I have no patience, you guys. Overall, when you talk to people. People? Or kids? Or people? Kids. kids <laughs> our kids. Our kids. When you talk to our kids, your tone is just very like. They always say I'm barking like, at them. Yes. Well, you are. <laughs> God, Erica. Because you guys like, don't listen. Oh, like, I know, but, like, it's not even that. Like, you just start talking that way. And it's just, like, when someone talks to me like that, I'm like, <laughs> turn my ears down. I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to hear what you're saying. You know, it's like the biggest turn down and turn off when someone's talking to you that way. So that's what our kids do. They're just like, why, why am I going to listen to mom? Mom's barking at me again. All right. And yelling across the house. We're back Mark. here. This is really bothering you, isn't Those it? two things. My biggest pet peeves. All right. I will work on those things. I love you, honey. You know so what, Mark? Much. I love you so much, too. Thank you, for, oh thank you for doing this podcast with me. And feel free, you guys, to leave any parenting tips and tricks to make our lives and other people's lives easier. I'm, we're always looking for new things. I mean, I bounce so much parenting stuff off of my friends. Mark doesn't even know. Like how much like my friends and I talk about parenting and helping each other. And I, it really takes a village. No one knows what the fuck they're doing. There is no guidebook for this. And we're all just trying to get out with good kids that contribute to society, I hope. So anyways, thank you for being here, honey. I love you. Absolutely, okay. honey. Thank you so much for having me. It's been <laughs> next, an absolute pleasure. You're going to be on another one, so don't. What? Yeah, yeah, just wait. So anyways, thank you all for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Adios. All right, friends, that's all for today's episode of the Whiskey and Lace podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share the love and leave a review. And remember to join the Whiskey and Lace community by following me on TikTok and Instagram at Whiskey and Lace. And send me a DM to say hi and mention this episode. I'd love to meet you. See you next week. Bye.